0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. Bad chips like
1: God.
2: Nazareth, I'm... Good afternoon on a beautiful Thursday, and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Year 1090 in Southern California, and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined, as always, by producers G. Hay Wiley, Armani Buckets. Big Lakers win last night. I always say it's a big win, regardless of who they're playing, whether it's the Mavericks, without Luka Doncic, because a win is a win is a win, and that was a fun one last night. You have the undrafted rookie, listen, and he gave himself the nickname, so I have no problem saying it. The Hillbilly Cowboy. Uh, The Hillbilly Kobe Hillbilly Cowboy That probably makes more sense Hillbilly Kobe Austin Reeves With the game winning shot Three pointer He got fouled on the shot It didn't matter Um, That was a fun game to watch That was a fun game to watch Did you both watch it And what did you think Of the coming out party Again He's been a big key player For this team But this was his moment to shine
1: 100% If you actually saw him In the G League In the Summer League He was Phenomenal. I think we even talked him about him in your uh, yeah, favorite player, yeah, my boy Mac McClung, yeah, right. who's still in the G League. Uh, he did not get pulled up like Austin Reeves did, but Austin Reeves did a great job uh, in the summer league, and it obviously it showed last night uh, with him. I think that a more appropriate nickname might be Young Gun for him. I mean, that's kind of generic. It, <laughs> yeah, but he is, is young pretty. and he, does, he can gun it. Yeah.
2: Well, so. here's the thing. I mean. It's a done deal. I mean, he gave himself—not right. uh, that he gave himself the nickname. Some I, I forgot how it came up, but at media day, that was the biggest takeaway on a media day. where for the first time, we saw, you know, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, Carmelo, Dwight—all these big names. The the the, the takeaway from Lil, from Lakers media day back in October was that Dawson Reeves's nickname. Was hillbilly cowboy? You
1: also hillbilly (laughs) Kobe. Hillbilly
2: Kobe. I have to say because hillbilly uh, cowboy again makes more sense. By the way, I was born in. Oklahoma, so I not not that it gives me the right. That's the nickname he gave himself is, is the hillbilly Kobe. So yes.
1: is it a nickname if he gives himself? A I don't think he
2: gave it to himself. Okay. I, I think someone found out that that was his nickname and that and so yeah, he doesn't seem like the kind of kid who would give himself a Kobe nickname. But big shot, and here's the thing that I was thinking: imagine his journey to this point in life, and you go back into the. I mean, first of all, I mean he got you know surrounded by his teammates on the court he goes back into the locker room and there's anthony davis lebron james russell westbrook carmelo all showering him with water and hugs and i mean a you got that moment and you're on the lakers b you have four hall of
3: fame players like just really giving you that kind of shine it's it's incredible because yeah like you said it's the encapsulation of all of it right he on that play if you go watch as the ball is being inbounded somebody on the Mavericks bench is talking to him now they have a mask on so you can't tell but it's a it looks like it's a conversation like hey so like where where did you go to school like who are you (laughs) and it's like 10 seconds later he hits the biggest shot of his life and not only the biggest shot of his life the biggest shot of the Lakers season yeah which In the fourth quarter, we wouldn't have gotten there if Wayne Ellington, and they didn't have that crazy sequence where LeBron misses the three, the ball gets tipped around by Davis, ends up in the hands of Ellington, and then Ellington hits that big three, which almost got overlooked because of Austin Reeves. But this Lakers team, they needed a moment like that to galvanize them emotionally. And again, it doesn't matter if it's Dallas without Luka. It didn't matter... Okay, Dallas without Luka is still an average team. If this would have happened against a really bad team, I would say, you know what, who cares? But, you know, they needed a win to boost their morale and to bring them together, and that's what this win should provide. Now, Minnesota, Anthony Edwards is next, and Anthony Edwards had 10 three-pointers last night while the Lakers were playing, so that's going to be another right... Are we taking a right turn here and going in the right direction, or is this just another one of those feel good for a few moments, 24 hours, and then we're right back to square one. Yeah, I mean, I I think
2: I got a lot of pushback because I was on a boat, and I was watching the game on my phone. Uh, Slight flex by me, yes, I was on a boat. Uh, (laughs) I was going to say, way way to humble brag there, buddy. uh, But then I was just so happy for the kid, and some of the responses were like him haters saying, oh my God, you beat the Mavericks without Luca." I mean, who cares? It doesn't matter. I mean, they need these kind of wins, and I was thinking about you guys when... They couldn't close it out in regulation. They're in overtime. They fall down by three in OT.
3: And then in OT, Anthony Davis leaves the three-pointer to go help right before that shot. My friend said that, too, and I was like, what are are you thinking? (laughs)
2: It made no sense. It made no sense. And then, so, I'm thinking this is going to be another bad loss. Again, yes, you're playing the Mavericks. Yes, you're on the road. But the Mavericks without Luka are, I'm sorry, they're just not that good of a team. But it didn't matter. Again, sometimes it's a season of moments. And when you have a moment like that, it can springboard you. And you said what a 3-0 and road trip would do for this team. Again, you can't go 3-0 and unless you win the first game. They've won that first game. I think they could beat the T-Wolves. We have no idea what kind of a team Chicago is going to have on the court. Um I mean, this could be, and again, we've had many moments like this—a turnaround moment for the season. And what does a turnaround moment mean? It just means that they finally start playing consistently well. I think they put themselves in such a hole where, again, high watermark—the number four seed, home court in the first round—and then you just see what happens. You know, I mean, because you just don't know if at some point in the playoffs someone might get hurt or you start to click and play well. But like. If you put yourself in a position to string some of these wins together and feel good about yourself, and there's no way to duplicate the celebration that they had post-game, that brings a team together. And again, they go into that game without THT, without Howard, without none, I believe. And and, and so we'll see when they get those guys back. But that was a big moment. Again, because sometimes... A team of vets, if there's a young guy on the team that they can surround and say, "Hey, like you know th- we have something in common here. Yes, we all want the ball, yes, we want to have our shots, but like we're happy for this
3: kid. We're exactly. so happy for this kid. I feel like if if you were to look at the Lakers season from a from a wide lens right now, we all have been very critical of the Lakers this season. We don't think that they would beat Golden State or Phoenix in no. Vesta seven. Are we sure? Like right now, who would you take in a series between the Lakers and, let's say, the Memphis Grizzlies or the Utah Jazz? So here's the thing: I I would
2: side with the Jazz or the Grizzlies right now. Okay. By the way, the Grizzlies have uh, had incredible. a couple of crazy wins where yeah. they beat um they beat the Sixers by thirty five yeah. points and they beat the Thunder by seventy five points or something. All so without job. It's a it's incredible. It's incredible what they've done. So. As a Lakers fan and someone who grew up in Los Angeles, yes, like I would like to say that they could beat the Jazz or the Grizzlies. Realistically speaking, right now, no. But can they get to that point? Is
3: you know, but right now, no. Do you think they would keep it close? Would it be like a seven gamer? Would it be a yeah. quick series? Because I don't think the Lakers. Are good first. <laughs> of. But again, I don't think the disparity between them and those kind of teams is no, vast. No, I, I at agree because you've talked about tiers before. I do believe that there's a win
2: tier in the Jazz and the Grizzlies are not part of that tier. Yeah. You got the Warriors and you have the Suns. That's tier one. And then there's a gap there. There's a kind of a slight gap. I think the Jazz are clearly, in my view, number three. The Grizzlies, right now, in my view, are clearly four. There might even be a gap. I think the Lakers are the fifth team. I think just when you look at who they have and who um, they can be, certainly the, the, fifth, the, the fifth team. But I've seen them play Memphis. I've seen them play yeah. the Jazz. We've seen them play these teams. And 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 so when people say, "Well, listen," like LeBron's missed all these games. I'm not going to say that you can't hold on to a 26-point lead because you don't have LeBron against the Thunder Mm -hmm. twice, you know. And so we've seen them enough to know, okay, they're not the worst team, right? They're a playoff team. They're a top-five team in the West. That doesn't mean that they're going to beat the Grizzlies. That doesn't mean that they're going to beat the Jazz, and certainly that doesn't mean that they're going to beat the Warriors or the Suns. They can, though, when you look at the way all these pieces play together, they can... "Quote unquote," surprise a team in the first round. I think it would unfortunately uh, mean someone got hurt with the Warriors or the Suns for them to win. By the way, that's life. The, I, I don't think the Suns beat the Lakers last season. By the way, if they're healthy. Agreed. Yeah. So agreed. we'll we'll just see. Yeah, I, I think that's why you want to put yourself in a position. To get that top seed. Again, to be in that 4-5 or five matchup where you're at least playing a team that you can beat, or at least have, have confidence that you can beat. I can't imagine a ton of confidence right now. Again, we'll see how this season plays out going up against the Suns in the first round, or the Warriors. But if
3: you're in that 4-5 matchup, I think you have a chance. And when you look at the standings right now, the Lakers are in 6th, Dallas is in 7th. So yeah. avoiding that plane is also... If you, if you oh, don't yeah. even get you know 4 or 5 avoid the plane at all costs and the disparity between the Lakers and the Mavericks and the Nuggets that's going to be the key going forward can they separate themselves from especially those two teams so Denver doesn't look that good right now either i mean Jokic no i don't know if you guys saw what Zach Lowe was saying on ESPN he made a great compelling case for Jokic it's going viral for MVP And that's all great. But the rest of the team without Jokic on the floor has been horrible. Yeah. So you take that into consideration. The Mavericks are 500. If the Lakers can stay out of the play in tournament, even if they don't end up fourth or fifth, even sixth. And you get Utah in round one. Yeah, because we saw what Utah did a year ago. And I know that was a year ago.
2: But, like, I mean, it's still amazing to me. And we'll talk about that game shortly the Clippers without Kawhi, and I thought, man, here the Clippers go again. You know, they have a chance to finally get to the Western Conference Finals, and they lose Kawhi. And for the a Jazz team, that was the number one seed to lose, not only lose, so like they lose to the Clippers in Utah, and they get blown out by them in Game Six. Um, you know, that that to me said, okay, the Jazz are a good a good regular season team.
3: I don't know if they're a good playoff team. That's the reason why I was posing the question, because a lot of people are starting to have that sense with Utah where it's like this team is regular season playoff phonies, which the Lakers, they might be the same thing, but at least they have that championship pedigree that they're not going to be, in theory, they shouldn't be swayed by going on the road games one and game two. And the other big thing,
2: I mean, the and he's not a wild card, but like if you have LeBron James in the playoffs, I mean that means something. Now 100%. that doesn't mean that you're not going to lose. That happened a year ago; they lost in the first round. But I still like my chances if it's a fifty-fifty series, if it's a if it's a game seven. Like like I got the team with LeBron, and he showed this week. But well, by the way, you know we we we've kind of talked about you know has he hit that wall? He's going to be. Th- 37 this month i mean at some point he is a human being he's not a robot he's gonna get old he's gonna hit that wall player of the week i mean average almost 30 points a game nine assists a game i mean he will hit a wall at some point but give me lebron by the way did you see that report where like the lakers might not sign lebron as a free agent did not see that i don't I, I can't imagine he's going to leave and go somewhere else. So I don't know if he's going to retire. The thing that I keep hearing is that he wants to play with his son for one year. Now, but here's the thing. We still have a draft in place. So, like, w- unless you do the whole thing where you, you're you're telling teams, like, don't draft my son or something. Like, I, I can't imagine. Like, okay, so... Where would he go? I I I don't. He is planted his roots so securely in Los Angeles. I can't imagine him leaving. Listen, he's from Cleveland, but like he won the championship in Cleveland. I mean, that's all. And now he's good in Cleveland. Cleveland's like, thank you, we got our championship. We're good. Um, he's not going to go back to the Heat. And I'll, I, I mean, I, th- th- this story was a. It, it just was one of those. Uh, I don't know if it was like one of those social media things where like people are t- talking about it online, but um, I do think he wants to play with his son if he could. But I think a cool thing with To Be is to go head to head with your son.
1: Well, also if you are a competitor, like I think Brody is, yeah. he probably wants to go play someplace else and play against his I, father if he has to. I don't want to go on the road with my dad.
2: No, like as <laughs> no. a rookie, like I'm, I'm on, on the that. road with my dad. Like I don't. That doesn't. That, that's not what I want to do. Like I actually want to go head to head with my dad. Like I, I, I wanna, you know, listen, if he beats me, fine, but like that's what I would want. I mean I definitely one hundred and ten percent don't want to go on the road with my dad. Like that's not gonna be a fun season.
1: Yeah, can you imagine both of them traveling with each other no. and like hanging out in the hotel? No.
2: I'm sure they're they're uh close, they're 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 type of there's there's a difference between going on a family vacation yeah. and uh and having a season where, you know,
1: um, yeah, that's a little too close for comfort No, there.
2: Listen, I yeah. mean, having covered the Clippers when they had Doc Ken Austin, that, that wasn't fun. I mean, not for both of those guys, actually. I, I don't even think Doc wanted that. So um, we'll see how that plays out. Clippers also played last night. Not a shock when you consider... Uh, what they're going through right now. And, you know, Kawhi's out. That's going to be the case for the foreseeable future, perhaps this entire season. Utah still probably wanting some revenge after the way things ended last year. Uh, But, yeah, not a good showing for the Clippers in Utah. Blowout win for the Jazz, 124-103. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing about the Clippers team, and we've talked about them, again, playing without uh, Paul George. I don't do anything crazy with this team. I mean, you know, you have the pieces in place for, for the future. You got Kawhi coming back next year, you got Paul George coming back next year. You have the core group coming back. There's no reason unless that there's a deal out there to, to be made that can improve you not only this year but next year. But I'm not trying to get a number 2 to to play alongside Paul George cuz I want to win a playoff round. Like that that in my view that shouldn't be the case. Um Thoughts on the Clippers, just in general. Again, not 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 shocking that they got blown out by 21 points in Salt Lake. But you know, I I the Clippers are who we thought they were. Again, they'll make the playoffs. I think they may have to play in that play-in game, but this is not a team that i'm trying to find a way to get them into the championship contending conversation
1: no i agree with you on the championship contending conversation part i don't think that they're going to make it past yeah. the second round if they even get to the second round but i don't believe that they're a play in team they're they're not a play in team i still think i think that they might get what like the 5th or 6th seed which is where they're at right now yeah. i believe i think that they're going to stay there they're going to be fine in the west um, they're not going to be a play in team this this game was it was whatever. Like, yeah. it just, it is what it is. They're, they're playing without Kawhi. Like, they're playing hurt. It's, you know, just chalk this off to a loss and move on. Yeah. It's it's fine. They'll, they'll be okay. They're they're going to be okay. They'll still make the playoffs. They're just not going to be in the championship contending. No. That's,
3: that's fine. If the yeah. Clippers are going to be a, a an above average team consistently, the thing is that Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard are extremely inconsistent right now. And I get yeah. it that Paul George isn't playing. The game prior against Phoenix, they had both had great games, and then tonight or last night. Terrence Mann, minus 28, one for four in 29 minutes with three points. And that's really, you know, we saw the eruption that he had last year in the playoff game against Utah. It's a rematch against the same team, and it it feels like Terrence Mann was that guy that – if he was to get better this season, he was the guy that would have put them over the top yeah. in in terms of their own team and their own development internally. And he just hasn't offensively, at least, done that. And now you have to look over your shoulder because Brandon Boston is trying to take your spot, although Brandon Boston hasn't really had a breakout game since his breakout game last week. But yeah. still, it's like... When are the Clippers going to find consistency with guys like Mann and Kennard or will they ever find it Well yeah because
2: you, you go back to the playoffs last year I mean Terrence Mann in that game 6 to close out that series I mean that's why they won the game again I mean the way that Paul George played but I mean Terrence Mann in particular consistency that's the key I mean that 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 really separates a you know a good player a good young player into a perhaps potential star is that consistency is not just Who is it? Malik Monk will maybe sometimes have like a 25-point game that you you don't hear from him for like a a week or two. So the consistency is important. Uh, Big game also tonight at SoFi Stadium. Chargers and Chiefs, as good as the Chiefs are playing. They've won six in a row. They are the current favorites to win the Super Bowl. Again, amazing when you consider how they began the season at three and four, I think. They are nine and four right now. If... The Chargers can find a way to win. They will both be tied for the top of the division at 9-5. and five, But the Chargers, who already beat the Chiefs in KC, will, have, will hold the tiebreaker. Chiefs are favored by 3 over under 52.5. Big thing for the Chargers, though. Game time decision for Austin Eckler, Derwin James, and Asante Samuel Jr. I mean, those are massive names right there. I mean, if either of those guys are missing, one, two, or three guys, I mean, that that, that really hurts their chances. I mean, I think as it is right now, like even if those guys are playing, you got to like the uh, uh, Chiefs here. Uh, Thoughts on the Chargers. I mean, again, the the way Justin Herbert is playing is next level no quarterback in nfl history has thrown for over 30 touchdowns in his first two seasons in each of his first two seasons justin herbert has done that if they find a way to win they're in the driver's seat to win the division and who knows again Super Bowl is at sofi stadium gee hey if they win they are still in the conversation
1: amen to that that is, it's phenomenal it's so great to see Justin Herbert in the driver's seat. Like this, this is his game right now. I think this is going to be his moment. I think he's probably going to kill it. I don't think it's going to be a a three point cover. I think it's going to be even more so. I think they're going to win by maybe two touchdowns. Wait, you oh, got the they? Chiefs blowing out the Chargers? No, side? no, I have the Chargers. blowing out. Oh, well, no, yeah. the,
2: the Chiefs are the th- three point favorite. They're the best team in the NFL right now. So, I mean, that would be a hell of a statement win for the Chargers if they not only win, but you, you, wait, you got the Chargers by two touchdowns. I tonight? have
1: the Chargers by two touchdowns. And I only say that because of how great Justin Herbert played. Granted, he played against the Giants and oh, I get that, yeah, you but you I saw
2: them against the Giants. I and did.
1: You, I did. I get, I get it. I get it. Throw, throw those bows, whatever. But. Uh, I still think I have a lot of faith in Justin Herbert, and I always had faith in Justin Herbert, I think, from his rookie year on.
2: I will have to make a side bet with you. There is no chance that the Chargers were winning by two touchdowns. I would love it if that happened. All right, when we come back, we will be talking to our good friend Nick Hamilton. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5, the fan in Las Vegas.
0: We will be right back with the Arash Markazi Show, and you are listening to a new generation of radio, the all-new and mightier 1090 AM. You're listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio, the all-new and mightier 1090 AM. When we come around.
2: Welcome back to the Rosh Markazi Show on the Mighty 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We are now joined by our good friend, as we are every Thursday, Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you?
0: Hey. Black bless the highly favored, man. I can't complain. How you
2: guys doing? We are good. So good to see you. I will see you uh, shortly in a few hours at SoFi Stadium. I'm sure for the Chargers-Chiefs game, big Thursday night football game. You know, Nick, as well as the Chiefs are playing, again, they've won six straight. They look like the best team in the league again. Um, If the Chargers can find a way to win, not only are they tied to top of the division, they will hold the tiebreaker because again they they beat the Chiefs in KC. I kind of like their schedule to finish out the year. Again, as good as the Chiefs are and everything, if the Chargers can just find a way to win, I I I like the Chargers to win the division again. They it's it's not a small task. What are the odds? Again, the uh, Chiefs are favored by three tonight. Uh, a lot of question marks in terms of who's going to play for the Chargers. What are your thoughts on the game?
0: Well, first of all, this is a very playoff-type atmosphere yeah. tonight uh, being Thursday night. And one thing you've been asked to talk with Justin Herbert as far as why does he excel on big games as far as, you know, Sunday night games, Monday night games, Thursday night games now. And he you know, to prepare for the game plan, he understands the, the, the emphasis as far as it being a big game. Big on a big stage nationally where everybody in the world can watch him uh, versus, you know, every week most people watching them locally. Um, And I think that the Chargers are just prepared for the challenge at hand. I think Brandon Staley's done an outstanding job preparing the guy. Guys have bought into Brandon Staley and his system. I think Justin Herbert has excelled. I mean, he's had some bumps along the way, but those of us that's just a sophomore, uh, bruises that can take as a young quarterback. But I think he's excelled tremendously. Uh, he set some records. to set records. And I think that the Chargers team is a different team than what we saw last year under Anthony Lynn. I think when you look at what they, they played in a very tough era, uh, Arrowhead Stadium, early in the season, came out to victor. And I think tonight will be no different. I got the Chargers by at least four or five points because I do think it's going to be a shootout, even though they don't have Rashawn Slater who's out due to COVID. But they do have Keenan Allen returning, uh, which should bring some, some fresh energy, some fresh legs to the team. I think you're going to have Mike Williams, you saw what, Jalen Guyton did last week against the Giants. Uh, you know, we, we saw how the, the, the Chargers, much like the Rams, how they had to mix it up and be able to get guys who are available into the uh, into the offense to be able to produce uh, in, in an effective way. So, I think when you look at this Chargers team, I think the team is prepared for the challenge. The Chiefs, ironically, we are talking about their defense, not so much their offense. Uh, I think their defense uh with uh melvin ingram coming in coming in coming back home against his former team uh that's going to be significant uh but this defense has played pretty well over the course of the last six games which is why one of the reasons why they've been uh you know with the six-game winning streak but i think the offense is trying to find this way you got josh gordon uh in the mix week against the quote-unquote las vegas raiders if you want to call them that because they look like a damn high school team uh <laughs> But I think the Chiefs are trying to, you know, turn the corner. We saw they, they had some early bumps and bruises uh, in this season, but I think they're turning the corner. But I think that six-game winning streak gets snapped tonight at so far because I think the Chargers are understanding the path to hand, which is not only the division on the line, but seeding in the AFC, ch- in the AFC playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and head, As they head towards the AFC championship this year.
2: Yeah, because I thought Jihei was... Um she was going well out on a limb. I mean, she likes the Chargers big tonight, Nick. I mean, she likes them to win by wow. a, a touchdown or more. So, you know, we'll we'll see. I'm I'm, I'm really hoping again we have a Chargers Rams kind of like they're both in the conversation again. Big Rams win on Monday night. You were there, Nick. I mean, like, like like hours before the game, I'm hearing about the list of players who can't play because of COVID protocol. And by the way, lucky that they had Dodell Beckham Jr. because the next day literally not even 12 hours after the game we found out he tested positive Um, A. what was the atmosphere like and B. I mean that was easily not even a question their biggest win of the season. Yes they beat Tampa Bay but that was at the beginning of the year this was a must win game for them. This was a must win game and for them to find out literally like hours before the game you know Jalen Ramsey Henderson, Higby. I mean the list of players that they could not play because of COVID, um, just just take us through that day, again, finding out that these guys couldn't play, and then really stepping up to, to the challenge and getting their biggest win of the season.
0: Yeah, th- we've been asking about when is the signature win going to happen, and we finally got that answer. I mean, to answer the first part of your question, Raj, that, that atmosphere was intense. It was another playoff type of atmosphere. I have never seen Cardinals fans that intense uh, at, 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 at State Farm Stadium. When it comes to when they face the Rams, usually the Rams uh, have been the, the the victory. They've been the dominant team, but not this season. That that culture has kind of changed a little bit uh, with their success uh, under Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray at that quarterback. But this team knew they had to come out fighting and scrapping and, and scratching and clawing their way uh, to the top, essentially. And they set the tone early. All three faces Aaron Donald came out on defense, set the tone early. Uh, guys like Jordan Fuller, guys like. Uh, Leonard Floyd followed suit. Von Miller got in the mix. And then on offense, Matthew Stafford probably played the best game we've seen him play, as you mentioned, yeah. since probably the Tampa Bay game. Uh, no mistakes, no interceptions. Uh, the, the, the wide receiver core got involved. The Cardinals defense had no answer for Cooper Cup, no answer for OBJ, and really no answer for Van Jefferson, who to me uh, was really performed well in front of his dad, who happened to be on the other yeah. sideline. Uh, but I think also the one thing that stood out to me about Van Jefferson, and that's really, I saw the maturation of his growth, is the fact that he had two costly penalties. Um, he didn't sulk. He wasn't pouting. Uh, he just, you know, pretty much kept his head in the game, had OBJ talk to him on the sideline, and kind of just remember who he is and who he, and who he is on that, and what he means to that team. And he came out uh, and continued to perform at a high level, unlike Tyler Murray when he throwed the two picks. You saw him kind of sulking and sitting on the sideline like somebody stole to fight, uh, and that's not the type of player that you want. And that's a that, to me that that questions um, you know the future leadership of Kyler Murray under center um, in this in this Cardinals team. But as far as far as the Rams are concerned, I think this was the, the most gutsy win uh, they were able to pull out. And even Sean McVay after the after post game told us when he first heard about Jalen Ramsey and, and and Tyler Higby hours before. You basically said, in in other words, you got to be crap at me. That's not the word to use, but I can't use that (laughs) language on this radio station, but you get my trip. Uh, Because he was even shocked at the fact that, hey, man, guys are just, you know, catching this this COVID-19 like flies, man, and and they're they're losing bodies. They really had to sign three or four guys from the practice squad just to compete and be able to have guys available uh, in those positions, and I'm telling you, This game reminded me of that Seattle game last season in the playoffs, and they lost Jared Goff and had to start John Wolford, who really didn't have a whole lot of experience. But that defense stepped up, Mm. the special teams stepped up, and essentially the offense came into play, and that's why they were able to be successful in a tough place like Seattle, uh, win or go home. And that's what I felt like this mentality was. It was a win or go home type of mentality, because even though they may or may not win the division, this game was more for seeding and mm-hmm. be able to split in the conference uh, and be able to have some type of traction moving forward. I do think they beat Seattle this Sunday, um, depending on who they have. And, I, and I, it's under my understanding that most of the guys could return okay. this Sunday because they were asymptomatic. They didn't have any symptoms. Uh, I know Jalen Ramsey, he, I realized he didn't have any symptoms. I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. had any symptoms. Uh, some of the other guys that have because, because most of the teams, if not all the teams is vaccinated, which is a good thing uh, just for their health and safety as well uh, but if they can beat Seattle I think they, this Rams team can go on the scare and maybe win out the, uh, the, 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 the rest of their games and could potentially win the division because we got you know news, news uh, a couple of days ago that DeAndre Hopkins is out for the year, which is kind of Murray's main target, much like Matthew Stafford uh, main target is Cooper Cup, So I think that's going to play a significant role Moving forward because they also have a tough schedule Beyond the Detroit Lions They have the Seattle Seahawks coming into town I believe they play the Colts as well So this, they have the t- a little tougher schedule than the Rams yeah. uh, And I think that's could play to the Rams' advantage uh, Down the line and moving into the, the NFC playoffs
1: Yeah, uh, Nick, you brought up COVID uh, Just to kind of go back to that Uh what needs? What do you think needs to change with this new variant for the NBA, the NFL, like for all major leagues? What do you think needs to change in their protocol?
0: I think they need to loosen up the protocol just a bit. And what I mean by that is, not I don't mean in any stretch of the imagination that you don't take this COVID-19 variant seriously. I think you absolutely have to take it seriously. And you should take it seriously. But what I mean by that is, if you have a player that's asymptomatic, that's already been vaccinated, and they're not showing any symptoms, and they test negative, with, you know, twice, uh, you know, within the 48-hour period, I think they should be allowed to play. I don't think that you should penalize them or try to quarantine them uh, because it takes away from the game. It takes away from the players and the momentum that these players are having um, and, and, and being in a rhythm that they, they are they're accustomed to being in. Uh, we know that Sean McVay had to adjust the practice schedule this week just because of the COVID-19 bearing because so many players have been tested positive for COVID-19. But, but fortunately, had not shown uh, any symptoms as a result of that. So it kind of throws them off. They, they, they did. They should be able to return to practice. They should be able to return to the game shape. And I think the NBA the same thing. I think the guys are asymptomatic. They're not showing signs. Uh, you know, it's not spreading at, a, at an alarming rate. I think once they test negative twice within a certain period, they should be allowed to go back on the floor and just have to monitor guys. But I think you also have to make sure that guys are not going out they're not hanging out. I know it's the holiday season. They want to be with their families and their friends and their loved ones. But sometimes you got to sacrifice the, the now uh, for the greater good and beyond. And I think that's what they have to keep an eye out on. Uh, we still don't know what's going on with the Rams because we haven't even got any updates on practices.
1: Yeah. Normally
0: we would be at practice on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We have yet to hear at this point uh, what the schedule is for media as far as media access and availability. And who's going to be cleared off the list, and who's not going to be cleared off the list? We still don't know. Something so we even asked Pete Carroll when we spoke with not, uh spoke with Pete Carroll uh, a couple of days ago. You know about his preparation uh, against this Rams team because does he even know? How does he prepare for guys that may show up or may not show up because of this COVID nineteen variant? He assured me also that the Seattle Seahawks team uh, has, has all tested negative for COVID nineteen, which is a good sign for them. Uh, but they, they just have to prepare as if guys are being injured and they have to prepare for the next man up uh, against this Rams team. And that's how they're they're, they're taking a look at it But best what again They can. have been in talks with the NFL as far as, uh, you know, the scheduling and, and uh, making sure that the game is going to uh, be held on Sunday at so far as scheduled.
2: Uh, Nick, you were covering the Lakers media day back in October We had LeBron James, we had Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo. But the highlight of that day was finding out that Austin Reeves' nickname was Hillbilly Kobe, and he had a big shot last night. Again, this has been, you know, not the season a lot of fans expected, but it's the season of moments, and that was a big moment for them. We'll see if it turns into some kind of a turning point moment. Your thoughts on Austin Reeves, again, I'm not saying that they're going to go on a run here. But the Lakers have looked a little bit better. And maybe a moment like that where the entire team gets together and they hug this undrafted rookie, Hillbilly Kobe. Your thoughts on that, Nick?
0: First of all, I thought it was a great moment for the young dude, man. For him to be in that that spotlight, I think that's every kid's dream to knock down the game-winning shot in their backyard or in their driveway. And for him to be able to execute that uh, on a really big stage, uh, when the team needed the most in double overtime. I thought it was great for him. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in Lakers fans that are actually saying, oh, we don't need Alex Caruso. Alex <laughs> <That's> Caruso, who? <right. laughs> like, really? You just don't just completely forget how, how valuable Alex Caruso was when you guys were crying earlier in the season about, why did I sign Alex Caruso, See, This is <laughs> why we need Alex Caruso. Now all of a sudden, he'll be really because it's out of sight, out of mind. You know, you stick on Lakers, i get on my damn nerves, <laughs> And I'm like, and, you know, and I'm like, look, Alex Caruso was a great guy. He, he performed well. Uh, he was a great energy guy coming off the bench, a young a young guy with fresh legs. Um, and I think he, he played a significant role for the Lakers. But I'm also happy for him, Billy Kobe. I think this is the start of something that could be really good for him moving forward. Um, but it still doesn't change my fact that the Lakers are still mediocre and average. The fact that you got to go to double overtime against a Luke Luka Dodgers-less Mavericks team uh, with Lucas sitting on the sideline just watching. And you know good and well, if they had Luka Doncic. the Lakers would have probably put that in.
3: Yeah. Hey, Nick, Armand here. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Um, we were debating in the first segment about whether or not the Lakers could at least compete with... The Utahs, the Memphises. How do you feel? Obviously, Golden State and Phoenix are in a different tier, but how do you feel a series if the season was to end today would go between the Lakers and let's say Utah or the Grizzlies?
0: I think they could beat the Memphis Grizzlies for sure. I think the Grizzlies are still trying to find their way. They're still a young team, young-minded team. You know, they have an absolute stunning John Morant, who I called a young Kobe for at least the last couple of years but I think they, they need to, to continue to build in the seven-game series. I think the Lakers would, would prevail in that series. Against the Utah Jazz team, I think I would also go seven, but I think Utah might have a slight edge uh, just because it, it also depends on home court. Obviously, at this stage, I believe Utah will probably have home court um, if the playoffs began today, so I would probably have to lean a little bit more towards Utah. I also think the Lakers have the components and the legs they need moving forward and the piece that they need moving forward to go deep. You talked about Phoenix and, and Golden State being in a different tier, and that's the team they probably would have to face in the second round, which means uh, probably an early second round exit for this second like, squad. Uh, surprisingly to some, not to many. Uh, one thing for certain, two things for sure. This team has to get it together, and they've been playing way up below average and underachieving uh, more than we expected them to be. And I think, like I said before, there have been internal talks, according to the reports about possibly trading Russell Westbrook, uh, because that experiment has simply not worked. Uh, it's been an absolute disaster for the most part. There have been some flashes of uh, what we saw last night with Westbrook knocking down a, a tying three-pointer. Shocking. I, I, I told people that you better enjoy it for a limited time like the McRib. You, know, you, you better enjoy it. Uh, but I think when you look at overall this Lakers team, just I don't know what direction they're going in. I think they have to find a certain direction, even on the sideline as well as on the floor.
2: Nick, uh, this this game Sunday with the Rams Seahawks. You touched on it. the the, the Rams open at seven and a half, It's down a f- f- four and a half. And I think a lot of that has to do with what you touched on. I I don't think that they know how many players are going to come back from COVID. They shut down the practice facility. Um, you know, again, you normally would be there. Uh, wh- wh- like, have you heard if if they're practicing behind closers? I mean, I can't imagine. A team preparing for a game Sunday and just like not pr- practicing.
0: Yeah, it's me face that they would be practicing, but a lot of their meetings would be virtual because yeah. of the outbreak. Um, I would assume they would practice outside, probably in groups. Yeah. Uh, trying to keep the spread down. And, and obviously, being outside in the fresh air kind of does help, uh, you know, with with the viruses, the virus that's going around. So I would imagine they're, they're probably, you know, av- avid, uh, Adequately studying the playbook, going over in in team meetings and whatnot and and, and practicing. And I'm sure these guys are professionals. Uh, They've dealt with this before. They're not the only team that's dealt with it. They're just probably the team that's dealt with it the most in the most in in recent weeks. Um, But it's going across the league. I mean, from Christian McCaffrey to Baker Mayfield and and the head coach of the Cleveland Browns to, um, you know, like I said, Rashawn Slater uh, with the Chargers. Uh, not being available because of COVID, and if the Chiefs are losing two of their 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 uh, players because of COVID. So it's, it's a league wide situation. Uh, but as far as the Rams are concerned, I think they'll be ready. They may have a slow start because of the you know the rhythm and, and being able to get the timing down. Uh, but I think they ultimately will prevail. And I got the Rams five touchdown.
2: Yeah, uh, Nick, well, this is sort of a random question. There's, there may be fans. From San Diego, driving to Los Angeles as they hear you right now. um, You know, we've kind of teased or joked about the lack of food options at SoFi Stadium. If someone's going to the game today, whether you're a Chiefs fan, whether you're a Chargers fan, what are some places around the stadium, around SoFi on a Thursday afternoon that they can swing by, grab some food so they don't have to try a hamburger submarine? Good question, Arash.
0: Hey, you know what? I'm going to tell people. Check out Orleans. And oh yeah,
2: Florida. love those. They guys. are
0: phenomenal. They have a great selection. It's not. It's about a half a mile from the stadium on Florence Avenue. Uh, I think they're great. They're great people. Great service. Uh, Orleans of York Deli is definitely the place you want to be uh, going to. SoFi. Uh, there are a couple of other spots. There's a taco spot right off about a half a mile west. Uh, that's pretty good. I forgot the name of it. so I, I apologize for that. Uh, you can't go wrong with In and Out. Oh, yeah right down, right down the street uh you got chipotle right down the street uh you know you you, you have your del taco you know you want to get the taco grub all real quick you definitely have del taco you got wendy's if you want the square burgers uh so it just depends on what you want but there's quite a few nice little menu options around SoFi stadium uh that you can enjoy but fortunately we don't have that problem, Ross, because they feed us really they well do. in the press box. They give us the good food in the press box, so I'm very happy about it. They I'm did the kind of box box.
2: Yeah, and I, and I and I really have kind of because uh, <laughs> I don't want to put that out there because then it's like oh like let's, look at me I'm in the uh, press box and I mean but they do a heck of a spread Dick I mean I would put it up there you've been to Vegas Vegas does an amazing job as well so we've been very fortunate Ooh. very now Vegas is next level like like even during the pandemic Vegas was bringing the heat when it came to the food so you know again kudos to Sofi and Allegiant by the way Allegiant and we'll talk about this more next week because we're almost out of time but a vegas home of the super bowl nick looking forward to covering that nick as always a pleasure each and every thursday i will see you soon at SoFi, my friend thank you so much that's all the time we have for today let's do it again tomorrow until then this is arash markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy
0: the arash markazi show on a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.